You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Many times in the Old Testament, and as we read stories in God's Word, we see these amazing stories of angels coming and doing work or delivering a message to people or doing work in the spiritual realm for um, the children of God. And I just had this revelation that, and I feel like God was just prompting me that and reminding me that the angels haven't changed. There are still angels available to do work for the kingdom today. And here's what's encouraging about that. There's two main types of angels. You have messenger angels, ones that deliver messages. Their whole job is to uh, come from the presence of God in heaven and to deliver messages to us uh, directly. But then you also have warrior angels. And their entire job is just to kick some butt. Come on, somebody, right? And here's what's amazing. When you become a part of God's family, we're not in charge of the angels, but we can pray that God would send his angels to do work on our behalf. So many times you may be facing a spiritual battle, and one of the things I feel like God just reminded me of this past week is that I can pray that God would send his warrior angels to come in the spiritual realm and to do work over a situation or to help a family in need, that those angels can come and truly make an impact when we need it the most. And I think many times we overlook that and we put this huge burden on on ourselves and we think, well, I alone have to fight this spiritual battle. And the truth is, no, you don't. God has equipped us. That's why in Psalm 91, he even says that he would send his angels to lift you up so that you wouldn't even dash your foot against a stone, that you wouldn't even trip and get hurt. He wants, he is wanting, and as we learned last week, the angels are listening for God's word. He is wanting to give us help. But here's the thing, when it comes to revival through prayer, there can be no great revival without great amounts of prayer. There can be no great revival without great amounts of prayer. God has the power to move and to change things, but the praying is ours to do. God has the power to move and to change things, but praying is ours to do. That's on us. That's our job. That's our opportunity to partner with God. And I would say this, without prayer, either the weakness of human flesh or the viciousness of Satan's attacks will prevail. Without prayer, either the weakness of our own human flesh or the viciousness of Satan's attacks will prevail. And if you've been a Christian or if you've even lived any amount of time, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That is absolutely true. However, Prayer can change a lot of things. And here's what I want to continue talking about today. We're going to talk about how prayer activates our authority. Prayer activates our authority. Last week we talked about how we have been given authority. We're not the source of it, but it's a lot like, (coughs) excuse me, it's a lot like a police officer. A police officer has authority. Why? Because of himself? No, because of the badge and the uniform. It's the badge and the uniform that he wears that gives him the authority to go out and to do work. That's exactly how it is in the spiritual realm. God has uh, authorized us to do work on his behalf in a certain way with authority. I'm going to take it from a little bit of a different angle, and I'm going to show you that it's not just something that we do physically, but I want to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit and look into the spiritual realm and see how this works spiritually in the spiritual realm. So let's start here in Ephesians 2.6. It says this, For God raised us from the dead along with Christ, and seated us with him. Ever say that with me? Say with him. 
with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. This is an interesting verse. We're going to talk about this today. God has raised us from the dead, spiritually brought us back to life. We were dead without him, but he has brought us back to life. We are uh, dead along with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Now, obviously, you say, Pastor Dan, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I'm, I'm seated right here today in a by church, right? We're talking about spiritually. Spiritually, what are the heavenly realms? The heavenly realms are the heavenly places. This is a Greek phrase or a Greek word that refers to the invisible realm that surrounds our present daily situations. It is the invisible realm that created this physical, visible realm, okay? The, it's the arena or the sphere of spiritual action and activity. Whenever there's a spiritual battle taking place, where is it taking place? It's taking place in the heavenly realms. It's taking place in the atmosphere. Uh, that's why the, Satan is called the, the king of the air. It's the air around us. It's literally our atmosphere. If we could see into the spiritual realm, I think we'd be surprised and amazed at what's taking place. Have you ever been dri- driving someplace or visited a certain city? And whenever you visited or you drove through, you just felt this heaviness or this darkness in that city. Anybody ever been there before? I guarantee you, if we could see into the spiritual realm, you would see that there is a principality or a spiritual battle that is taking place or something that has set up shop over that city that has caused the destruction of that city and the darkness in that city. And so here's what I want to look at today. It's important that when we pray, we are praying from authority, not just physically, but spiritually. Spiritually, we are going to battle in the spiritual realm or the heavenly realms as we see here. The heavenly places, the heavenly realms. In Christ, here's what's amazing. We have a seat of closeness with God, number one. And we also have a seat of authority and dominion over this earth. And that's what I want to talk about today. That may seem a little prideful, if you will. But we actually have a seat of authority and dominion over this earth. We have authority. Why? Because we're seated with Jesus. So here's the, here's the next question. If we are seated with him in the heavenly realms, let's talk about where is Jesus seated? Where is he at? So let's back up. We're going to back up to Ephesians 1, and we're going to start in verse 20. It says this, he, and he raised him, meaning, his, meaning this, God raised Jesus from the dead, and he seated Jesus at his right hand in the heavenly places. There we see it again, in the heavenly places, far above all principality, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. This should be a very exciting verse for you and for me, because we just read, right, in Ephesians 2, we are seated with Christ. So spiritually, we're seated with Christ. Spiritually, then, where is Christ seated? He is seated in a place at God's right hand, In the heavenly places, far above all principality, power, uh, might, and dominion. These are terms used for ruling authorities in both the visible and the invisible realms. Ruling authorities. In the New Testament, over and over, it reveals to us that there is actually a hierarchy, (coughs) excuse me, of evil powers who manipulate human behavior to advance satanic strategies. If you read through uh, the armor of God, and you read through the, the passage, Ephesians 6, the armor of God, you see that he lays it out, this, this hierarchy of evil powers that are working in the heavenly realms to manipulate human behavior to advance satanic strategies. This is why it's important for you and for me to 
pray aggressively against our spiritual enemy. There is never a time for passive prayer. Passive Christianity is not biblical Christianity. Can I say that again? Passive Christianity is not biblical Christianity. Time and time again in the New Testament, we are called soldiers. We are called to suit up with the armor that God has given us, spiritual armor. We are called to go to battle against the spiritual enemy in the heavenly realms. Here's what's amazing. The seat that we have been given in Christ is a seat of power and authority over the devil and his demons. Isn't that what it says? We're seated with Christ. Where's Christ seated? If we're with him, over these hierarchies of evil powers that are taking place, that are setting up shop in our world. You see it? It's not difficult to see. The question is, do you believe it or not? Do I believe that or not? Let's continue on. He says, not, not only are you seated above, or is Christ seated above these things, but he is seated above every name that is named. This is so good. Every name that is named. If it has a name, Jesus is seated above it. And where are we? With Christ. If it has a name, you are seated above it. Not in our own works, not because I'm so great, not because I've made it to, I had perfect attendance at church last year. No, it is a gift from God to you. He's saying, steward my kingdom. I am going to equip you. And we, we see Jesus says, I'm going to send my disciples into all of the, the world. I'm going to leave and I'm going to send them to go. Spiritually, they're going to be seated with me, but physically they're going to be doing work on my behalf, doing what I would do if I was still here presently on this earth. They're going to go in my stead. Here's what's amazing. If it has a name, this is why, if it has a name, you're seated above it. This is why it's so important to get specific with our prayers. Specific prayers bring specific results. Too many times we pray these generic prayers and we hope that God moves. And God is, he, he, God is not um, up, up in heaven with his arms crossed saying, well, you didn't pray exactly right, so I'm not going to move. That's not our heavenly father. But God is looking for people who are so hungry for his word and are so passionate about seeing his will done on earth as it is in heaven that he is looking for people that are praying with some faith and with some boldness and with some tenacity to say, man, I like that. I like that faith right there. And he wants to honor that faith and move on their behalf. It's important for us to have specific prayers because of this verse right here, one, one, this is just one example. Every name that is named. So if it has a name, you can be seated above it, and you can, uh, you can spiritually have authority over it. So here's some good examples. Does COVID have a name? Yeah. Does it mean that it, sickness or COVID or anything else won't come knocking? No. Trust me, I've had it. Okay, it's going to come knocking. God's desire, though, is not whenever the enemy knocks at the door... His desire is not that I would go and open the door and be like, well, guess it's just my turn to get it. Guess it's my turn just to be sick. Guess it's my turn to be depressed. Guess it's just gonna, how this is going to be. His desire is not for us to open the door and to lay down and let the enemy do whatever he wants in our life. God's desire, he's equipped us with armor. He said that we can be soldiers for his kingdom. He's, his desire is that when the enemy knocks at the door, that we may open it up and see who it is, and that we would kick him in the butt and say, get off my porch and slam the door in his face. That's his desire. Why? He seated us with Christ 
in the heavenly realms in a position of authority. If it has a name, we can have authority over it. Why? Not in our own self. Hear me. Only because of what God has done for us. Cancer has a name. Depression has a name. Fear, anger, addiction, lust. This is why so many times people get into a a weird ditch where they want to have faith for healing so they'll never go to the doctor. God's word says even in Proverbs it's good to go see the doctor. Here's one of the reasons why. Because when I go to the doctor, I get specifics. They can help me and I can pray specifically over whatever situation I'm dealing with. Can I tell you, whenever I get sick, I do two things for my family. Number one is I pray because I believe we see it in God's word. I pray for a a supernatural healing over my body. I pray for that first. But then if I am prescribed something, I also pray over my medicine. That may sound weird, but hear my heart. I pray over the medicine I'm taking and I say, God, I thank you that as I take this, this medicine works exactly how it's designed to work in my body. I thank you that I have zero side effects. I have no lasting side effects. And I think that as I take this, because it's going to help my body, that it's going to supernaturally get me back on my feet quicker than I would even on my own. What am I doing? I'm just operating in a balanced approach wisdom. It's not one extreme and it's not the other. I'm just saying, hey, God has blessed us with human minds to make good decisions. Let's walk in the middle of the road. Here's the last thing it says is this. In the age, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. This is important. Because too many times I think we also get in the other ditch of saying, well, when I get to heaven, I'll be happy and healthy and whole someday. But can I tell you, God's desire is for you to experience his kingdom, as what Jesus said. How do we pray? That his will will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. When is that? Now. When is that? Not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Meaning this, whenever we pray, whenever we use our authority, it's not just someday I hope this happens. When I use my authority, it is today I expect to see this happen in Jesus' name. I'm not wishful thinking that someday... I'm going to make it. No, God said ah, he's good enough and he's promised enough that we can walk in it and operate in it today, in this age and in the age to come. Come on, somebody. That's exciting and that's good news. Let's, look, let's continue to, to verse 22. It says this, God has put all things under the authority of Christ and he has made him head over all things. Why? For the benefit of the church. Who's that? That's us. He's done all of this. He's positioned Christ in authority, and then he has seated us spiritually with him in the heavenly realms. Why? For our benefit. For our benefit, so that we can walk and we can live a victorious life here on earth. Again, victorious life doesn't mean battle-free. Victorious life usually means I've faced a lot of battles, but I'm still breathing. Somebody. (laughs) That's usually what it means. It means the enemy sees i got a target on my back because I'm following close behind uh, my Savior. But I am fighting from victory. I'm not fighting for it. It's amazing. It says Jesus, Jesus is above everything. And we get to be seated with him. And guess what? He said, you can use my authority and to do things on my behalf. We get to be seated with Christ. But here's what happens. If we don't understand that concept of the spiritual realm and the physical, too many times we do battle in the physical realm when it should, we should be doing battle in the heavenly realms. Too many times we're getting frustrated with our situation in the natural, but we're not addressing it in the supernatural or in the spiritual. And there's a, 
great example of this, if maybe you've uh, seen this on YouTube, there's a prank that people do. It's called the shampoo prank. Um, and it's whenever people are, uh, after they, you know, go to the beach or whatever, and those, they have those outdoor showers where you have your swim trunks on, and you go and you, you shampoo off or whatever. And as the people go, they'll go and they, they go and they put some shampoo in their hair, and they'll be washing out, and then someone will hold a shampoo bottle over the wall or behind them where they can't see, and they continue to dump shampoo on their head, right? So as soon as they feel like they got the shampoo out of their hair, they keep dumping it, and they feel more, and they start getting frustrated and more frustrated, like, why can't I wash this shampoo out of my hair? I brought a video so that you can see. Let's just check it out. It's not going. Here's what's happened, right? He's mad at the shampoo, but who should he be mad at? His friend, right? He has no perspective to what's actually going on. This is what happens in our life all the time. We are mad at the situation. We're mad at the diagnosis. We're mad at the illness. We're mad at whatever the thing is, right? We're frustrated at it, and we're trying to fight it in the natural when all he had to do was turn around, wipe the soap off his eyes, and then slap that shampoo bottle out of his friend's hand, wash his hair out, and be done with it and move on with his life. This is what we get to do in the spiritual realm. Let me show you. It says in Ephesians six twelve, For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world. There it is again. And against evil spirits in where? The heavenly places. Too many times we're, we're, we're frustrated and we're mad at the situation, right? Just like the shampoo. It's not going. Where'd you get this shampoo? What's going on, right? I can't get past this thing in my life, whatever that thing is for you. I can't get past it. I can't find freedom from it. I don't know why I can't move on with my life. Sometimes I just wonder if we're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on the physical when the, the battle and the root of the issue is where? In the spiritual. The devil's back there dumping that stuff on your head, dumping depression on your head, dumping grief on your head, dumping that situation on your head. And we're, we're mad at the situation. We're mad at the thing, right? But we need to turn around and we need to open our eyes and see what, who, where is this really coming from? And if we will deal with it in the spiritual, we can find freedom in the natural. This is why we must understand where we are seated in the supernatural. We are seated, seated in the heavenly realms. Why? Because we're not battling against flesh and blood, but against things, evil powers, where? That are in the heavenly places. We've got to go to work, not just in the natural. In the natural is part of it, sure. However, we've got to go to work in the supernatural. Now let's say this. You can't fight a heavenly realm's battle in the natural realm. You can't fight it 
a heavenly realm's battle in the natural realm. We have to go to work through prayer in the spiritual realm. That's why Ephesians 6.18 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Let me stop there. Last week I referenced this. Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes, I talked about this last week, sometimes you're going to run out of English words. This is why God gives us a perfect heavenly language. It's, praying, it's called praying in the Spirit. You may have heard it called praying in tongues. If you've heard of that before and you have a negative connotation, you've probably been taught wrong. Why? Because God's Word says, pray in the Spirit if you feel like it or if you have the gift. No. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion must be pretty important, right? If you haven't experienced that or if you haven't received that, I'm not condemning you in any way. We have different... In fact, I just put on my Facebook page this past week a message that I did last year talking about this and how you can receive it personally. If you want more info or if you'd like to talk directly with one of our lead team or or our pastors, fill out a Connect card. There's a spot you can check for, I want more info about receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a side note. Pray in the Spirit all times on every occasion. He says what? Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Prayer is life and death. But when we use our authority, we can see life and life abundantly, and we can see victory and we can walk in it. But where? In the spiritual realm. I got to do my part in the natural, but when I pray and I go to work in the spiritual, things begin to change. I would challenge you this week, examine your life. There's an area in your life that you've been frustrated, that you've been struggling with, that you can't get past. Take a step back and ask yourself, just like the shampoo prank, is the enemy, where is this coming from? Have I addressed it in the supernatural yet? And if you need to, slap that shampoo bottle out of the devil's hand and move on with your life. Wash it off and move on. Come on, somebody. The last thing we're going to end with is this. Without prayer, we lose heart. <coughs> Excuse me. Without prayer, we lose heart. And I'll wrap up with this. In Luke 18, there's a passage where Jesus is speaking, and he's speaking in a parable, and he says this, then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. How do I not lose heart? It's from Jesus himself, pray. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. He said this, this is the parable. He said, there is a, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a, a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. She wear me down. Right? He said she's going to keep coming back until I do something, so I might as well just do it. Listen to the the words of Jesus in verse 6. Then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said, And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night, though he bears long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Speedily. He's quick. When we go to God in prayer, we're not going to him to twist his arm and say, do what we want. We go to him and we align our prayers and our words with his word. And we just say, God, would you because you are true, because you are just, because you are good, would you do your will in my life? I'm just aligning myself here. 
But Jesus is making sure that we know our Heavenly Father is a good Father. He's not a Father who's making you wear Him down so that He can give you the answer. But He is looking that you would come to Him so that He can answer. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Pray about the big things. Pray about your health. Pray about your future. No, pray about everything. You can't afford not to pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace. Do you need peace in your life? Do you just need some comfort? Do, I, do you just need some security? Where does it come from? From prayer. Only then will you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Psalm 102, 17. He will listen to the prayers of the destitute. He will not reject their pleas. We serve a God who is listening. His ear is tuned into you, into your voice. And when you pray his word and you align your prayers with his word, he says, I want to move. I'm going to move. But we have to pray. And I have to align myself with his word. 1 Peter 5, 7, give all your worries and your cares to God. He cares about you. He cares. What thing have you not given to God yet? It was too small. It's too petty. One time I prayed. I couldn't get my weed eater started. <laughs> it was one of those times where you just, you know, you're trying to be a good Christian, but you feel like saying some bad words. Anybody ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and I just said, God, help me start this weed eater. And did the weed eater start by itself? No. But after I prayed that, I looked down and I saw that there was one attachment on the weed eater, on the throttle, that had, had come loose. I hadn't seen it. In the 30 minutes I was cranking on that thing, I had not seen it. And I fixed it. And God spoke to me in that moment. He said, if I care about your weed eater, I, I was frustrated about other things. And he said, if I care that much about your weed eater, how much more do I care about your finances? Give your cares and your worries to him even if it's a stinking weed eater. Hebrews 4.16. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Be bold in your prayers. Don't be timid. You are his son and you are his daughter. If you put your faith in Jesus, you have right, you have the right to go into his presence and to say, God, thank you for your goodness. Your son, your daughter is in need and I need your help today. Go boldly. Go boldly. There can be no great revival without great amounts of prayer. Prayer, what does it do? It activates our authority and it keeps us from losing heart. So whether you need victory today or whether you've been in the battle for a long time and you felt like giving up and you felt like calling it and you felt like walking away from God and you felt like this situation is impossible, you felt like you'll never see freedom from it, don't lose heart. Only through prayer is what Jesus said. Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. There's only through prayer that you will find the victory that you're looking for. Reflection question and action step for you today. Am I praying from a position of authority or a position of defeat? If I could see my transcript of my prayers from this past week, am I, from, am I praying from authority or am I praying fingers crossed in defeat hoping God does something? Here's your action step. Read Matthew 6 every day this week. Get in God's word. Read the words of Jesus in Matthew 6. He's going to teach you a lot. 
every day the same passage, Matthew 6. He's going to teach you how to pray. He's going to teach you how not to worry. He's going to teach you how to have breakthrough in your life in one chapter in the words of Jesus. And I promise you say, Pastor Daniel, if I read it once, I'm not going to have motivation the next day. This is the only book that's alive and active. And you will, if you quiet your heart, you will hear something different from God every day this week when you read Matthew 6. You will not hear the same thing twice if you quiet your heart and you come to him. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you are good and you do good. Thank you that you've given us your word. It gives us boldness. It gives us confidence. It gives us what we need. It gives us peace. It gives us insight. And God, I thank you that you've given us your word so that we can walk in agreement with your will. And Lord, I pray for everyone in here that is facing a battle right now that has unanswered prayers. Lord, I pray that through this message, through your word, not my words, but your word, I pray that you would ignite faith in them, that you would fan in the flame the faith in them to pray boldly, to use their authority, to see things change, to resist the devil. And your word says that he will flee. And God, I pray that you would help us in our prayer. Holy Spirit, as we pray in the spirit, I pray that you would use our prayer to be effective, to pray the perfect will of God so that we can see fruit from it and victory from it in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.